It is time for Radio Salon. This is our weekly discussion segment. Let me introduce our panelists once again. Uh, Cheng Huang, an independent legal researcher with LaQuant LLC. Professor Huang, good to see you again. Morning, Henry. Good morning. And joining us as well, research fellow at Yonsei University Institute for North Korean Studies, Dr. Pong Young-sik. Dr. Pong, hello to you. Good morning. Well, uh, Dr. Boom, we've got a lot to talk about here because we're talking about North Korea policy as a whole. President Moon Jae-in reshuffled his uh, top security team really with an eye towards North Korea policy. Uh, the figures are largely uh, well-known people who are also known for um, their efforts with engagement with North Korea. The, the big surprise was uh, the former lawmaker and uh, special envoy to North Korea, Park Ji-won, he will be the new spy chief. He's going to head the National Intelligence Service. Uh, some of the other notable nominees, uh, widely uh, rumored and speculated upon, and indeed the uh, four-term ruling party lawmaker, former floor leader, Lee In-young, will be the new unification minister. The current NIS chief, Seo Hoon, will be now the new presidential national security advisor and a very, very much discussed uh, um, individual, the former chief of staff uh, to President Moon Jae-in of the Blue House, uh, Im Jong-suk, uh, will be uh, one of the uh, special uh, envoys uh, for uh, President Moon, along with the uh, now outgoing national security advisor, Chung Young, who will also be uh, one of his advisors uh, on foreign policy. So the question, as we have put it to our listeners right now, uh, the one individual, Park ji which was the surprise appointment for him to be the new NIS chief, do you support it? You can text us pound 1013 for 51 on your mobile phone. Uh, you can text us in Korean or in English, but basically one if you support it. You can text us two if you oppose it. Right now, we're at about an interestingly uh, 50-50 uh, pro versus con uh, ratio with uh, support for that. And I just want to, before we start the discussion, read some of uh, the interesting comments that have come out. Uh, 9830 texted us uh, basically opposing it, saying, I understand President Moon's efforts to bring in an opposition figure, but why the NIS? Why the National Intelligence Service? Uh, another opinion, uh, 7462 supports Park Ji-won's nomination. It seems he has extensive knowledge in regards to North Korea. And then we have uh, another opinion by 8995, also supporting uh, Park Ji-won's nomination. Uh, he has a lot of experience and uh, a lot of know-how in terms of how to uh, foster better relations, uh, assuming uh, talking about North Korea. And so it is a, a, a proper uh, appointment or nomination. So let's start this off. Um, uh, Dr. Bong, um, Mr. Uh, North Korea expert, uh, what is your overall uh, uh, reaction to these uh, new uh, appointments? I think the overriding assumption in the uh, Moon Jae-in government is that uh, more appeasement policy would help induce more uh, conciliatory and cooperative behavior uh, from Pyongyang. But this uh, assumption may be or may not be correct uh, because uh, it may just uh, whet the appetite uh, for the leadership in Pyongyang to engage in more provocative and violent behavior uh, by looking at the Moon Jae-in government very soft. Um, because uh, these members used to be the uh, core members of the Kim Dae-jung government 20 years ago, uh, which engaged in a sunshine policy toward North Korea, and uh, uh, leaders of the student activist movement against the authoritarian government, uh, very pro-North Korean when they were young. Uh, so in the eyes of North Korean regime, these uh, new members may uh, be seen very soft and uh, uh, controllable. 
Professor Huang? I guess um, what what did surprise me was I guess of the four people who were you know uh, named in this uh, shuffle is Park Ji-won. Uh, he he and President Moon had a very kind of a acrimonious political yes. divorce back in 2015 when they were both running for the party chairmanship. Exactly, yes. and you know uh, the, the, there was nothing held back, and it was kind of a surprising that you know President Moon was willing to you know he, he's. Although, but you know, Park Ji-won is could be considered in the you know greater liberal blog, I and mean, he could be regarded as you know a, a sort of a political foe, given how the political divorce yeah. turned out between 2015 to 2017. So it seems that you know President Moon is sort of you know trying to think outside the box, trying to you know restart the North Korean situation. And one thing for sure is that he's not giving up. I mean, you know, this I think this shuffle signals that you know although his The North Korean initiative has met a lot of setbacks in the past year. I guess you know he he wants to double down and make something out of it in, in the remaining two years of his can, uh, the presidential term. Yeah, and so there was this idea. I, um, the U.S. presidential historian Doris Kearns Goodwin uh, had a book called "Team of Rivals," where Lincoln, President Abraham Lincoln, in the height of the Civil War, invited his political opponents and enemies to bring in uh, sort of this cabinet that can uh, have a, a good sort of reasoned policy response to all of these things. And maybe that was the idea with Park Ji Won. Although, as you say, on the wider scheme of things, he is largely aligned with the ruling party uh, forces on issues of North Korea. You mentioned the uh, idea of um, uh, more uh, conciliatory policies that not, might not lead to good results. But we're hearing from the conservative opposition is a lot of more, um, I, I think, the term in, in Korean would be, especially in regards to comments about uh, Im Jong-suk and maybe even to a lesser extent like Yin Yang, the sort of hekalon, right? This idea, oh, the red baiting, like, oh, you guys are pro-commie guys and we can't have these kind of, all these uh, pro-communist or pro-North Korean figures in the government. It, it has been proven now in the past few elections that that doesn't necessarily change voter sentiment anymore. It doesn't have the same effect as it used to in the past, right? In terms of kind of painting this picture that these guys are all pro-North Korean, that therefore this is a bad and dangerous thing. Right. I mean, this is not a matter of winning or losing the election. Uh, this is a matter of reshuffling uh, key government members dealing with North Korean affairs. But we have to you know, take into account you know, in a big, uh, bigger scheme. Because why? Why the Moon Jae-in government is so preoccupied with dealing with North Korea at this juncture? We have COVID-19 outbreak. We have uh, economic challenges. We have, you know, housing market problem. We have uh, amounting government debt and education problems. But why? Why uh, President Moon Jae-in is so preoccupied with uh, dealing with North Korea? I mean, uh, the government owes uh, to Korean people a good explanation why North Korea must be the top priority for this government at this juncture. Isn't there a walk and chew gum at the same time situation, though? Like, uh, the, the government has been deemed to handle COVID-19 pretty well. Uh, they're pushing forth the third supplementary budget bill to, to, to try to help people's livelihoods. Uh, you know, there's, there's all these other problems. So you're problems saying in- that we, we can afford to pour more energy and effort to deal with North Korea, right? I'm saying that uh, they are um, the are trying better. to be... The things, are, um, things in the other areas of government are I, improving. Do you feel then it's zero-sum, necessarily? That no, no, uh, you, necessarily. if you deal with North no, no, Korea, you, then you, you cannot... Deal with no, no, no. The, the president uh, must be spinning a lot of dishes at the same time, right? Like in circles. Right, 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 I agree right. with you that. But um, in terms of proportion of uh, the energy and effort uh, pouring into North Korean affairs, 
I think uh, the government owes them good explanations to the constituents why the North Korean affairs deserve such amount of effort and energy. Right. Uh, your thoughts on the idea of prioritizing um, uh, the North Korea issue? Well, I mean, in, in some sense, it's sort of, you know, obsession of the, uh, not an obsession, I guess, I shouldn't High say. High priority. I mean, even in the very beginning, the two big, biggest issues of this administration when it came to power was economy and North Korea, right? And in the beginning with the Pyeongchang Olympic uh, Peace Initiative and, and so forth, things seem to be going really well, culminating in the you know, first ever North Korea-American uh, the summit. And then, you know, things kind of you know, fell apart after the Hanoi summit uh, in 2000, uh, uh, which was you know, supposed to be a you know, big breakthrough in the North Korean initiative. So, I mean, I think it's quite understandable that you know, the Moon administration feels that, you know, they're probably thinking about a lot of what-ifs. Some could have, could have been something that they could have done prior to the Hanoi summit to, you know, make some kind of breakthrough. And I guess, you know, they're just trying, trying again, basically. Right. And to the extent that uh, South Korea would have some influence in being a facilitator uh, for the engagement, because the wider picture is U.S.-North Korea engagement and what exactly happens there and how successful or unsuccessful that is. The analysis coming forward before this reshuffle has been, um, let's, I, I'm not saying it's true or not, but uh, the idea that the uh, unification minister Kim Yeon-chul, who is known to be a conciliatory person towards North Korea, but he is an academic. Uh, he did not know the levers of government well, and he was not able to facilitate change in the entrenched sort of system of, of uh, bureaucrats in, in the unification ministry. So therefore, you need a more political sort of leader rather than an academic like Lee In-young or other uh, rumored as uh, Im Jong-suk, Jung uh, Yong as national security advisor. A lot of criticism. Again, I'm not saying true or not true that maybe he's too pro-U.S. in his um, uh, kind of reasons of doing this. And therefore, you put in Sahun as the, uh, the new national security advisor. Advisor, um, who was also NIS chief. And then the same with Pak Ji-won as, as someone who has ties with the North Korean leadership and who has been very much um, uh, experienced over the decades with, as you say, uh, right or wrong, the, the sunshine policy. And so to the extent South Korea feels that they can wield some influence here, that is probably what they're thinking of in terms of putting these more political figures rather than technocrats, right? Right. But uh, my concern is that these are uh, mostly thinking and hoping rather than very solid plans to produce uh, feasible and substantial outcomes. Uh, because uh, no matter who will be, you know, uh, positioned in those uh, seats, like uh, a leader head of the NIS, NIS or the new, as a new minister of unification, um, I mean, as long as the Moon Jae-in government uh, fails to deliver kind of package of benefits satisfactory to Pyongyang, then no matter who will be the new leaders of these ministerial positions or NIS, uh, we are going to have similar results. Because it's not people. It is the Moon Jae-in government's ability or their lack of to deliver kind of outcomes that will satisfy Kim Jong-un regime in Pyongyang. That is why the core message in the uh, number of statements issued under the name of Kim Yo-jong in June was criticizing uh, Moon Jae-in government as a liar, making empty promises. The message is very straightforward and clear to Moon Jae-in government. No more talks, no more promises. Just deliver the outcomes. Right? Like Elvis Presley's song, little less conversation, a little more action, please. Right? <laughs> yes. But, I mean, Park Ji-won, Lee In-young, um, 
Sohun may be the new faces from the standpoint of the Moon Jae-in government, but these are the same people in the eyes of North Koreans as long as they will not get out of the structural restraints, which is the sanctions on North Korea. Do they have the capability to deliver the outcomes without violating existing sanctions on North Korea? Your thoughts on as far as South Korea and whether new people uh, being part of it could change this dynamic? Because a lot of this is, uh, as uh, Dr. Pong is uh, pointing out, uh, uh, largely due to the uh, sanctions regime that is in place here, but uh, multilateral sanctions, uh, both from the UN auspices, but also uh, bilateral sanctions imposed on the U.S. side and uh, kind of implied also to all of the U.S.'s allies. Uh, Is that dynamic going to be... um, feasibly changed? Not by these appointments. I mean, I think what the Hanoi summit showed from last year is that basically the U.S. and at least the leadership that's in place, both in the U.S. and North Korea, just fundamentally misunderstood each other and probably continue to to misunderstand each other. I mean, given the fact that they had, you know, zero, uh, you know, agreement, preliminary agreement uh, before you know the two leaders met, I mean, you know, Kim Jong Un just traveled for sixty hours to get to Hanoi for God's sake. So you know they really should have had some kind of agreement. But you know, without that, they both kind of thought that you know both sides kind of thought that they could wing it and make some kind of agreement, which was and that was an indictment on perhaps the naivete of both leaderships, right? The absolutely, top not just the right? top, but you know their advisors. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you know, we don't know exactly you know what the inner workings of North Korea is, just because you know there's so little information. But at least from the U.S., we know that there were a lot of infighting going on among the advisors advising President Trump at the time. But still, overall, they had you know basically just vague, vain idea about you know coming up with a historical agreement without having any doing any preparation. I mean, unless that basic you know the the competence and leadership in both North Korea and you know United States change, you know, nothing will change. Right. And, and your point is that uh, if Trump, with his chaotic style, and Kim Jong Un from the top down, but maybe not having had uh, all the ducks in a row here. It doesn't matter how competent, uh, whether people agree or disagree not with the South Korean appointments, doesn't matter how great South Korea is in facilitating this, it's not going to change that. Uh, exactly. I mean, I mean it, South Korea is not going to be able to do all the homework for both North Korea and United States, I don't think. You know, for, in order for these new uh, leaders, the new NIS head and the new Minister of Education and new National Security Advisor in the Blue House to be successful, then they should come up with the uh, solutions to uh, keep different things in harmony, like uh, how to you know, keep uh, South Korea's national interest protected under the existing economic sanctions, at the same time providing very attractive packages of uh, uh, benefits to North Korea so that the momentum of inter-Korean cooperation dialogue will be revived, which is a very tough task, right? Yeah. In order, to, in order for this government uh, with the new members uh, to be successful in this endeavor, then you need to persuade the United States, right? Because uh, the structural restraint is directly related with existing sanctions imposed by United Nations Security Council and the unilateral sanctions by the United States. Otherwise, uh, South Korean banks and corporations, individuals, will be punished by the sanctions. Then why? We do not see any involvement of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs in North Korean affairs. In order for the North Korean policy of the Moon Jae-in government to be more effective and successful, you need to bring in support and um, you know, agreement from Washington. But we do not see any change 
or uh, involvement of the foreign ministry. So you feel it's more Kang Kyung-hwa foreign minister to Pompeo channel that would be the more uh, influential. Without without being able to do something about relaxing economic sanctions on North Korea, North Korean policy taken by Moon Jae-in government of South Korea will not be successful. Because uh, how do you expect the Ministry of of Unification or National Intelligence Service to do something that would be in violation of economic sanctions, which would directly hurt South Korea's national interest? There have been murmurings of perhaps um, some creative ways to try to not necessarily... uh Uh, violate the sanctions, but uh, to to try to generate some kind of uh, economic cooperation with North Korea that wouldn't be to the letter of the law violating North Korean sanctions and uh, try to get the ball rolling there, Uh, then there there will be questions from the Hawks and obviously immediate backlash as to rewarding bad behavior and all that. But uh, uh, do you think that could be uh, an avenue then for for these uh, new figures involved? Well, I mean, so far North Korea has said no. So... I mean, South Korea has offered them multiple times, you know, various humanitarian aids, medical aid in connection with COVID-19. But North Korea basically so far has said, you know, we don't want those peanuts. South Korea, if you want to commit to North Korea. Give us the big you know, bang. You know, yeah. you know, give, give us the big bang like the good old days, basically. And, you know, under the current, uh, the current sanctions, that's not going to happen uh, unless North Korea changes its tune. And I suppose, you know, it, what Moon administration wants that these new voices to North Korea will, might, might be able to convince, uh, convince their mind. I mean, one you know, notable fact is that, you know, the appointment of Park Ji-won as NIS head, which means that I expect, you know, Mr. Park to be talking to Pyongyang on a, a lot of back yeah. channels, and which he has done during Kim Dae-jung administration. I mean, that's something that he does have experience. So maybe that, that, that's what's going to happen, and that's, that's, that might be what the Moon administration is banking on. Just your recent, um, I guess, assessment of what we're seeing with Begin and Lee Dae-hoon and then this visit to Korea and then uh, all this talk about FFED. Is there something there, there, or are they just repeating the same thing that we've been hearing for the past couple of years and that's really no change of the dynamic? Or do you think that uh, the reason he's here actually signifies something like some people are saying? Uh, both a yes and no. I mean, uh, Moon Jae-in government would like to you know, share... Uh, opinions and perspectives on uh, dealing with North Korea, especially in the afterwards of the recent provocations by North Korea. But uh, unfortunately, that's not exactly what uh, Secretary, Deputy Secretary uh, Stephen Began would want to speak with the Moon Jae-in government as a top priority. I believe the, uh, the main agenda for Secretary Began is not about North Korea, but about China. Mm. Mm. I mean, involving South Korea with Japan in economic prosperity network or South Korea being the new member of G7, uh, excluding China. So it it is going to be a very uncomfortable and difficult conversation to take place between Secretary Begun and his uh, South Korean counterparts. He's going to meet the uh, the Vice Minister Cho Se-young, right? First thing uh, today. Uh, the agenda will not be North Korea, but how uh, South Korea is going right. to support and participate, participate in the, the effort led by the Trump administration to uh, deal with China, not North Korea. And there's another uh, matter, money, right? Uh, SMA, you know, uh, how to you know, decide on the South Korea's uh, burden uh, contribution to the cost of the U.S. Uh, forces in South Korea. Um, okay, uh, so I, I they're, think they're going to talk about 
a different agenda. You think you're saying he's more uh, in his role as Assistant Secretary of State rather than his other role Deputy. as North Korea, right, right. Uh, um, right. uh, North Korea envoy. Just go back to the political aspect of this, Professor Huang. Uh, there seemed to be a calculation because uh, Im Jong Suk's name was kind of bandied about uh, quite a bit, uh, whether for the Unification Minister role or even potentially for the uh, NIS Chief role. It does feel like because those are confirmation National Assembly confirmation. positions that uh, perhaps the political calculation of that being a little bit more too noisy and and loud and the backlash from uh, the opposition uh, with Im Jong-suk being uh, that figure would have been uh, a little bit problematic. So they decided to have him just be um, a part of the Blue House, which would not uh, have to go through the confirmation process and he would be an uh, an advisor there. Seems like the opposition strategy is we're going to target Park Ji-won and to a lesser extent uh, Ian Young. Uh, I think the calculation, again, former lawmaker, uh, current and uh, just outgoing um, floor leader of the National Assembly, it'd be easier to pursue because it's your fellow lawmakers and doing that. Uh, Do do you think it's going to be bad or bumpy? Well, at least the uh, the opposition party has publicly uh, said that that's going to be the case. They are going to make it really, really tough. But at the end of the day, you know, the the ruling party does have the votes so they they can ram it down. So I guess the political calculus is that, yeah, the the various attacks and various things that, you know, Park Ji-won did, I mean, he he went to jail in connection with New North Korean uh, deal back Which in the, he was exonerated for ultimately. A few, he? Well, on the uh, cor- uh, corruption charges, yes. yes. Right. But for you know, the illegal money laundering and so, so forth, you know, you know, the, the whole the sending of you know, the money illegally yeah. to North Korea. Uh, Which was the other so. bone of contention between Park and, and Moon, actually. Yes, because of course. it was during the Nomian administration. Exactly. That, that, that's right. I mean, and, and you know, the opposition party will you know, drag all of that up. But you know, it'll, it will be you know, in the news cycle for a few days. And I guess the money. administration feels that they can handle it. 30 seconds, final thoughts on this? Again, uh, changing people will not really change uh, much because um, the ability of the Moon Jae-in government to satisfy the demands and expectations uh, of Pyongyang would be the key variable here. As long as Moon Jae-in government's hands are tied in terms of being able to deliver the kind of package satisfactory to Kim Jong-un regime, which would risk a violation of our economic sanctions, uh, which will be devastating okay. to South Korean economy, too dangerous, then North Koreans uh, would not pay too much attention to recent reshuffling of the key members. Right. Well, uh, we have our survey results. It was pretty much a 50-50 split on the question of Park Ji-won as the new NIS uh, chief. Uh, 2796 also texting saying that uh, uh, cannot find the uh, question of denuclearization uh, for North Korea with these uh, new policies. We want to thank you for all your comments. We want to thank our panelists, uh, Dr. Bong, Professor Huang, uh, for uh, joining us here. 